Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. That is called defying the odds. I, I love um, people, stories that defy all the odds. I love watching Hollywood films, as long as they're clean, that show a story. They're not always true stories of people who defy the odds. Please forgive me for a moment, both men and women, if you're not into football, but I remember going back just a few years ago that Leicester City, who unfortunately find themselves rooted to the bottom of the premiership at the moment, numbers of years ago were absolutely on the cusp of winning the premiership. People were saying, can they do it? Shouldn't, will they do it? And anybody who was not... I can't remember who was against them at that time, which team. But, you know, certainly for me, my team was nowhere near. I was rooting for Leicester City because they were a team who were defying the odds. Have you got it? They were just defying the odds. Everybody said it cannot be done with the budgets that they had. And yet the reality is you'll be pleased to know or not pleased to know or you're not bothered to know. Some of you looking at it, they won the premiership. It was a remarkable, remarkable occasion. And I understand they wanted to do a film around this, this story because it was truly remarkable in, in, a, in an age in football of, of David and Goliath. A lot of Goliath clubs with billions of pounds resource that this club from the East Midlands, won the premiership. They defied the odds. Now the reality, Justice, is there are many people who are predicting all kinds of things at the moment in the world. And whilst there's a pragmatic approach and a realistic approach, I am wanting to encourage you as believers and as family members of mine. By the way, you know we're related. You may say, I don't want to be related to you. Tough. If you're in faith, you're related to me. We're part, we're part of the same line. We're, we're part of royalty, actually. Who loves to be third? They're part of royalty. The Bible declares that those who are in Christ, you're a new creation. It also talks about you're a holy nation. You're God's royal priesthood. You belong to Him. And you are special in His sight. That's every single one of us. And we're all together, part of the same family. And what I want to encourage you is for you in your life and in your families to defy the odds. I was talking to a friend of mine. I need to be careful for here. There were some reasons why he was talking to me. But he said, we've decided to close our food bank. Because of costs and da-da-da-da. I walked away from that lunch time. Lisa has heard me say this and thought, in my heart, this is what I said. I may have even muttered it under my breath. That is not going to be our story. In fact, we're not closing them. We're going to open more. Instead of pulling back, we're going to keep marching forward. How is that possible? It's only possible if you're going to defy the odds. And by the way, that whole term is a gambling term. I've never gambled. I've never been in a bookies. If that's your bag... It's a mugs game. It really is. But let me tell you, the whole thought that I want to redeem that phrase is that when everything says it can't be done, in God I'm saying it can be done. With God helping us, we can advance against the troop. We can scale a wall. With God, nothing is impossible. Now, how is that possible? Well, let me just give you one or two things in the ministry 
that will just help you to give you some basis to follow me. And please get your pads and your pens. Yesterday I was in a conference. I said, your pans and, your, and, and, and I was trying. And then I had another go at it and, and I hadn't put my teeth in right. So I'm glad I got it right. Your pads and your pens and your phones because I want to give you some thoughts. When I think about defying the odds in the context of you and me and us, a family of arena, we're able to do it from a great foundation. You know, God has given us a great foundation. It's called the church. Matthew 7, Jesus tells this remarkable story. Give me a wave if you know the story of the wise and foolish builders. Just give me a wave if you remember that story. Most of us do. And he talks about building upon a rock and building upon sand. The rain and the elements come. But it was the house that was stood upon the rock remained standing. Jesus was speaking about foundations. Get, write this down. Foundations give us the platform to advance from. Without without foundations, you'll never defy the odds. Without the foundation of Jesus Christ, and, and by the way, our queen, past queen, that's exactly what she did. There were so many things that came against her, but her foundation was rooted in Christ Jesus. She was able to defy all the odds. And Jesus himself says, and if Jesus says it, oh, it's worth noting. He says, those buildings that are founded on the rock, him, will stand the test of time. You see, we're not just building for today, now. We're building for legacy into our future. We're be believing that in Belper and in Mansfield and in Nottingham and in Ilkeston and wherever God may send us, that we're going to lay foundations that will prove to be legacy for the future generations. Can I raise an amen? amen. Now, churches need foundations. When churches fall to bits, it's because they haven't got foundations. And by the way, building church requires people of faith. It requires people who will sacrifice hard work, tenacity, and great character. It requires hard work. And sometimes we can get weary. Can I encourage you? Again, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. That is a word for you personally and for us as a church. Weariness can stop us from entering into all that God has for us. I believe that weariness and the harvest are very closely connected. If you do not deal with weariness, you will not enjoy the fruits of the harvest. We have to deal with weariness if we will push through weariness and re receive the rest of God and the passion of God and the energy of God. We will then walk into our future harvest. Is anybody hearing me today? This is some, for some of you in your own life. My career, it's not working out for me, my educational system, I'm fed up with this, we get that you're fed up, don't become weary, because if you just press into it, you'll reap a harvest, that's the promises of God, but I sense the next season, as we take the foundations and the progress of what we have made, God is calling us again to defy the odds and wade out into the deep. One of my favorite stories from the circle maker, Bark, Ma Ma Bark, Bark, Matt, you see, there I am, Bark Matterson, I was going to say. Where do we get that from? Mark Batterson. Rewind. No, I won't do that again, okay. <laughs> Remix. That's what they say when I get my words mixed up, the kids at home. And I do it quite a bit. 
Yeah, thank you. You know, yeah, but you're you're in your 80s, Wes. With all due respect, okay. And you're probably clearer than me at times. But anyway, let's pray for me, okay? Great story that Mark Batterson tells in the Circle Maker. If you've never read the book, I'd encourage you to read it. And he tells the story of a Mississippi farmer who was in the rural Mississippi area. And there was drought in the area, and as a result, that was going to affect their livelihood and future harvest. And the rural pastor said to the congregants, come on, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And they all turned up. But this one Mississippi farmer, he turned up in his waders. Remember the story? He turned up in his waders, and everybody said, what on earth are you doing? And he responded by saying, I haven't just come praying, I've come expecting for rain. And Mark Batterson tells the story that that evening, as they were praying, the heavens opened and he was the only one who went home dry. This farmer was defying the odds of what could be, should be, you know, was going to be. He was saying, with God, with God on our side, with my foundation of God, I know that we can defy the odds. So we need to lift up our eyes. What are you handling? What are you frustrated by? What are you despairing in? What is challenging you? What is hurting you? I can think of many things in the context of the church that bring me pain as I walk away from meetings that we're in. I'm not heavy hearted, but it's just, God, we need you to just break through. We know we've laid a foundation. We don't always get it right. We know we're not perfect, but our hearts are good. But they they cause pain and discomfiture and and just can weigh down a little bit. I'm just letting into our world a little bit. And that is your life. Your personal families. It may be that you've got family issues. It may be that you've got financial crisis. It may be you've got health issues. And God is wanting to say, to you today that he has wanted to defy the odds in your life and as you lift up your eyes and see from God's perspective because that's the issue our heads go down our heads can easily go down my head can go down and we become we, 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 we just look from this perspective and God says no I want you to look up again church I want you to look up again in your own life I want you to look up and see where your salvation comes from where your help comes from it comes from me I want to help you and by the way we don't ask, need to ask God to be with us he is with us he lives in us if you know Christ he goes before us he's always walking beside us And so I want to encourage you to lift up your eyes. So I want to give you a Bible verse and then I just want to give you three. We're going to read another passage and then we're going to look at three things. Because Amos reminds us in chapter 9 verse 13, just write that down. And I've pondered on this verse so much over a number of years actually. If you've never read it before, we'll just look at it just briefly. Some of you have read it lots. And it doesn't make sense. In the natural, thank you. In the natural, this just simply, it's just like, it's a bit strange. And I was asking the Lord recently about this verse. Because 
last year this word came through to us and it's come through strongly to me again prophetically. I've not even shared it with anybody around the team, but I've just been saying, Lord, I need you to help me to understand, get a revelation of what you're trying to say to us in Arena Church as we think about defying the odds. And it reads, the days are coming. I just need to stop there for a moment because it's the Lord saying this. And why I was so impacted by it? Because I can just feel the anticipation, the excitement in God. It's, it's saying the days are coming. My little grandson's here. I want to be careful. But sometimes I'll say to him, and we've all done it with kids, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Here we go. And they start to get all... I actually sense, go with me for a moment, it's that kind of thought. The Lord saying, the days, the days are coming. Roy, the days are coming. Phil, the days are coming. Oh, Tim, Helen, the days are coming. Oh, uh, I want to tell you, oh, the days. Now, now he's got our attention, but what is it? When the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. And the planter, by the one treading grapes, new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. <laughs> Let me just make some comments because I do need you to understand this for you personally and for us as a church. You see, when I look at this, we see a promise and the picture of Amos is of exponential supernatural growth and harvesting. Someone who I was just having a meal with just said to me, I said this to Phil. He says, could it be that we're on the cusp? This is on the events of what we were seeing around the nation. Young people honoring the queen, being very respectful. Just something, something's happened in our nation. And he just said to me, could it be that we're on the cusp of five million people to just be swept into the kingdom? Because it only takes... That sort of number for God to just do something across the British Isles. Could it be that the Lord is saying to us, the days are coming. If there's a people who will lean in, who will defy the odds? When you can see exponential supernatural growth and harvesting. But my question is, well, how does the plowman overtake the reaper? Just go with me for a moment. Well, in God... The growth stages are no longer restricted by natural farming laws of planting and harvesting. I need to say that again. The growth stages are no longer restricted by natural farming laws of planting and harvesting. But they have become supernatural in nature. God is the one who put the seasons in place. And he is able to mess with nature if he so wishes so the field is growing at the same time it is being harvested and planted oh my goodness the seasons are overlapping and this is the picture of Amos that he gives us it's a picture of defying the odds it's an urgent call for the church to arise and walk in faith. Now, some of you will be saying, okay, Christian, that's fine. You're inspirational. I hope I'm motivational. But I'm given to realism and pragmatism. Well, so am I, actually. 
I'm more of a realist than you realize and a pragmatist. But the fact is that God is calling us to walk a walk of faith. We do not walk by what we see, but by faith in Jesus Christ. What I'm talking about is God even today giving you an extraordinary confidence in God and his promises. So I want to just pull my message together around three points as Paul makes some comments to the church in Rome around the father of faith, Abraham. Let me read from Romans 4 verse 17 and 18. And I'm going to read from the modern day paraphrase version, the message, just because it just lands it and helps us to understand it. It says, we call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Let me just stop there for a moment. Everybody is a somebody at Arena Church. If you feel like you're a nobody, you are very welcome. I want to tell you, you are not a nobody. You are a somebody. And Abraham was a nobody, but God saw him as somebody. Have you got it? Isn't that what we've always read in scriptures? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father. Because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life. With a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless. Abraham believed anyway. <laughs> Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made a father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham defied the odds. If you don't know the story, he was promised to be the father of nations, and yet he could not get his wife pregnant. They're old then. Years had then gone on. And he was carrying this word in his heart. He believed it. She didn't. But I want to tell you that God was true to his promise, as he always is. What God says he will do. He is not a man that he should lie. And so as God said, he gave Abraham, even though he was 100 years, I mean, how can a 100-year-old man get his wife, I think she was 90, preg pregnant? Wow! Woo! Glory to God. And that's what happened. He defied our old age. He defied past childbearing. When everything was lost, he defied it all. And he became a father of nations. But there's three things that I want to just lead you into. Because you have impossibilities in your lives. What I've realized is this. We all want God to do it our way. God will do it his way, not our way. His ways aren't our ways usually. But what I do need to, you to know, he is doing something in the midst of your situation. Some of you need to write that down. He is doing something in the midst of my situation. And Abraham, there were three things. Let me just quickly go through them. Number one, please write them down. 
because some of you are going to need to go back to this. Abraham is bad English. He was first named father, then became a father. So here's my point. Be before you are. Be before you are. Abraham was first named father, then he became a father. Start living like you are before you are. I'm not talking about walking in arrogance, presumption, full of yourself, so far up your, you know the phrase, okay? I'm not talking of that. Because there's too many people who walk around that with presumption, blab, grab, da, 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 all the rest of it. I'm not talking about that. Talk about God giving you a word, word, and out of knowing that God's giving you a word, you begin to walk in it. You begin to walk in the promise of God. And by the way, Abraham, I believe now, was walking differently after he'd received the promises of God because he understood that without faith, it was impossible to please God. Now, some of you have lived with labels and these labels have become your identity. They become who you are. And you've believed the labels that have been laid on you. I want to encourage you today to shake off those labels. Those labels are not your identity. Have you got that? You need to live in the truth of what God has promised you, not on what some label has been placed on you by some unredeemed person. Can I get an amen? In Jesus, we need to shake them off. And some of you today, my appeal will be, I'm shaking off the label. I'm shaking off that label. That is not who I am. God has given me a promise and I'm going to walk in it in Jesus' name. You give you a quick example of this. We've told this story many times. We and the team, we arrived here 22 years ago. Been a great team that's come around here. Pastor Eric was brilliant with, with us bringing in. But many, many people said to me, why are you going to Ilkeston? both going to Ilkeston and whilst we were here in the first few years. They said it's no, no pushback because Ilkeston's changed over that time, but then typically blue collar, you know, hadn't been really put on the church map as, as such and certainly overshadowed by two cities, Nottingham and Derby. But I want you to know that Caroline came here with a promise, still carrying the promise. And we wanted to live in it even before it became a reality. We wanted to build one of the things, the, the attraction with Phil drawing here. We wanted to build, and we still are doing, a city mindset. A city mindset that says there's ministry teams, there's staff, there's outreaches, there's buildings. We impact the community. And, nothing, and as I walked away from that Tuesday meeting, I was humbled. I thought, I cannot believe that I get to do this. This is remarkable. The stories that were impacting our community are breathtaking. The people who were connected to that, to that forum is incredible. We had business people and politicians. It was terrific. How did that happen? If I can say quite humbly... We were before, we, we walked in it before we actually got there. We were committed to building a city mindset church. I was not going to allow Ilkeston to be, to be defined by geography, demographics, my past failings and mistakes. I began to hear the Lord say, I can do it in Ilkeston. I can do it anywhere and I can do it in Ilkeston. And by the way, what is the call to Mansfield? I can do it in Mansfield. And by the way, the call to Belper? I can do it in Belper. And what about in the hub? I can do it in the hub. And what about in Nottingham? Great churches in Nottingham. I can do it in Nottingham. And Patrick and Lucille, if you're listening to this, God says, I can do it in Toulouse. Yeah. 
I need to move on from here, but I hope you've got the point. B, before you are. Abraham was first named father, then became a father. Secondly, Abraham dared to trust God to do what only he could do. We have to work like it depends on us and pray like it depends on God. And we overestimate what can happen in one year. In fact, we get frustrated if God doesn't work. And some of you are incredibly frustrated because God is not doing it how you want him to do it. And we under, overestimate what can happen in a year, but we often underestimate what can happen in 10 years. Stay the journey, guys. You know what Phil has reminded many pastors as we've come through and with this partnership, he often says this, just keep turning up. Just keep switching the lights on. We'll just keep turning up. We'll just keep switching the lights on. And we're going to believe that in the long term, God is going to do some amazing things. It might be that your child is wayward at this time and there's no way they are coming back. Stay in the game with them. Yes? Let's believe that God's going to break through in their life in Jesus' name. One of the verses that I love, Ephesians 3 verse 20 God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Can we believe to dare to trust God to do what only he can do? Dan, can we believe that in Jesus' name? And Emma, can we believe that God is able to do what only he can do in our lives? Whoa. So let me ask you quickly, what are your daring requests? I know what ours are as a church. We don't want to pull back. But if you think it's just about pulling back, you don't know us. I've got about eight or nine things I want to do in the community. I've got about probably at least another six locations that I'd like to go into. (laughs) I've written them down. I'm saying, God, in the midst of where we are, how is this possible? And all I hear every single time is, just keep trusting me, son. Just keep trusting me. Keep filling your heart. Keep writing down those daring requests. Make them plain. Circle the promises in prayer. Work smart. Work hard. And God will do it. We have living testaments to that in the life of this church. It's remarkable. Because of time, let me take you to number three. He didn't just dare to trust God, but three, he lived on the basis of what God said and can do and not on what you naturally see. You are going to need to remind yourself of this on the journey. Please write that phrase down. Because when you are in the trenches of vision, as we are now as a church, when the battle is fierce, when things won't move and things remain the same, And some of you have been praying and praying and praying, not just for a few weeks or months, but years, and it still remains the same. You need to live on the basis of what God said and can do and not on what you naturally see. In the face of intimidation, accusation, provocation and desperation I'll say it again I will live we will live on the basis of what God said and can do and not on what we naturally see the Waymaker chorus has been probably and I've told you I've not been really 
I'm getting better in worship. I find it easy here. I find it a little difficult outside still at times. But that was one of the things the enemy, I really feel, has tried to steal from my life. Worship and praise. And my wife sends me songs and they do me good. But this Waymaker song has really helped me. Because even when I can't see it, you're working. And even when I, I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. I'll say it again. I want to live on the basis of what God said and can do and not on what I naturally see. We read it again. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life if necessary and with a word make something out of nothing. Listen be carefully to me. You need to underline this. That some of you need to double score it. When everything was hopeless. Abraham believed anyway. You know we have two options when we're in a hopeless situation. As Christian believers, we stay in a hopeless situation or we believe God. And Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Can I remind you, you can't do anything. Your power is limited even the most brilliant of us. But we serve the one who is limitless. And he is able to do the immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. We were reminded of that again in a pastor's network. We heard from Paul and Sally Sherwin who'd been on a 16 years journey of hell on earth. 16 years of hell on on earth just because I'm on recording and to be respectful I don't want to say anything added to that but it was hell on earth this man had been in forums it was awful as they were the church leaders 16 years not 16 days not 16 weeks not 16 months 16 years and they actually lived in the church building told him again when I listen to their story I'm doing this all more and more I don't know why I'm crying more and more <laughs> but I found myself crying again when I heard the story not just the pain but then the breakthrough because <laughs> they lived on the basis of what God had said to them not on what was happening around them that they could naturally see. And so I want to encourage you, when everything seems hopeless, when everything is hopeless, believe. Believe. I'm speaking to us prophetically as a community of believers in all those areas. When everything seems hopeless, God, we're going to keep believing. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep trusting you. We're going to place your, our hands in yours. We say again, God, unless you go before us, we don't want to go. 
But if you are leading us, we want to march to your beat. We want to move forward and we're going to believe. We're going to believe. We're going to defy the odds. Maybe you today, you need to lift up your eyes again. You need to dream big. You need to pray continually. You need to work hard. I really believe if you do that, you'll defy the odds. You'll defy the odds. Please don't see this as a motivational word. It's deeply rooted in in the scriptures and it's deeply rooted in God and it's deeply rooted, if I can say this, in the prophetic word that God wants to speak to us and to you, to your heart, for you to carry, maybe carrying you're going to carry you through for the next few months. You may have been written off many times. I have. I've written myself off many times. It's interesting, when I go to the Lord, the Lord only whispers sweet things to me.